When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. take just a minute to tell you guys about SquatchSurvivalGear.com. If you're into camping, bushcraft, survival, prepping, or just looking for an everyday carry, SquatchSurvivalGear.com has everything you need. They have the gear to help you survive the worst day of your life. You know, it's just to help you be ready. Uh, For me, I have the Rock Ape Pack. It's one of the backpacks that they offer. It is, it's a good size bag. You know, it, I, I took it out on my last trip for a, for a four-day camp, and everything I needed fit in there. Um, they have things that go from that size down to like a sling bag. They have a bigger bag, you know, like the Grassman or the Yowie. Uh, if you haven't noticed, they have cool names too. You know, they're named after, you know, these cryptids, the Minahuni. Uh, they, 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 they got it all. But the gear itself is 100% made in America, Every component is made in America. Um, the guy that's designing them and making them here, his name is Chris. He's been on my show a couple times, but he's a uh, he's a veteran, and he went with the gear that he used while in military service, and reconfigured it to to be even better, and made it available you know to the civilian sector. Top of the line gear, absolutely bomb proof. I love it. Best stuff I've ever had in my life. You know, I've I've had Camelbacks, I've had LL Bean, I've had uh, some some really high end stuff, but this Squatch Survival gear, it just it steals the show. Uh, it's fantastic gear. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. You can use promo code Bump Ten and save ten percent on anything on the entire site. Hey there, Believers. i got a really fun episode for you today with Missy. She's originally from the northern Michigan area. Um, we get into stories that she has from the UP and there in northern Michigan. We start off talking about her paranormal encounters that she had when she was a young adult. And when we get through talking about that, which is pretty spooky stuff, uh, but when we get through with that, we talk about her Bigfoot sighting that she had out in the middle of nowhere being chased by this well or paced however you want to look at it by this uh this creature eight by eight eight and a half feet tall um running through the swamps beside of her vehicle at about 30 miles per hour she gives great detail it's a really exciting episode it's really frightening if you think about it um especially the situation she was in being alone at the time uh it's a great episode we're going to go into the first hour for free right here, you know, like we do every week. But if you want additional uh, content, the, the, the conversation goes on. We talk for another half an hour, and that's going to be a members-only episode for Patreon. So if you want to hear the whole, the whole episode, the last 30 minutes, and you don't want to miss it, It'll be on Patreon, on um, any tier level, $5 and up. There's five tier levels to choose from. Uh, I really encourage everybody to get on there. Uh, Patreon's growing. There's, you know, there's additional content. There's merch. Uh, 
it's just a lot of fun. So check it out on Patreon if you're interested. If not, the show stays free. It, you know, every week we're going we're going to put out stuff like I always do. So sit back and relax. I hope you enjoy this, and uh, hopefully you're not still hungover from Independence Day weekend. <laughs> All right, here we go. Her name is Missy. Um, I lived in Michigan my whole life until um, October of 2015. Our house burned down. And rather than rebuild, we decided to move down to Florida. So we moved down here in 2016. But for the first 45 years of my life, I lived in Michigan. So um, one thing I wanted to bring up, though, was I was listening to your podcast. And there was a, a guy that was on there. And he said that he got grabbed on the shoulder um, in bed or something. Yeah. If anybody else ever had anything like that. So... The house I grew up in was a, a new build when it wasn't haunted, never had any experiences or anything, except <laughs> I was sitting at my desk. I was like, I don't know, sixth grade or something. And I'm sitting at my desk and I'm doing my homework and under, and my desk was up against the wall and somebody, I felt a hand grab my knee and it freaked me out. Only thing that ever happened to me, I didn't hear anything. Nobody said anything. I just felt like the fingers and everything. I felt a hand just go on my knee quite hard. And I mean, I got up and kind of left my room and I kind of wrote it off as like, whatever, maybe I was tired, you know. But when he mentioned that in your podcast, that I, I remembered that and I was like, that happened to me too. But just the one time, never happened again. I never had any experiences in that house. Just that one time, something grabbed my knee. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's plenty, ain't it? <laughs> that's scary <laughs> enough. <laughs> but I wanted to bring that up before I forgot. Yeah. Um. So, Um. yeah, so I live in Florida now. Um. Three kids, two adult kids, one teenager. I live with my husband and my mother. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Um. So, I guess I'll start at the beginning, first things that happened. So when I moved out of my house, right after I graduated high school, I moved into my boyfriend at the time who ended up being my first husband and it was his family home. So he had lived there all his life and um, his parents had bought the house and the house was in Rochester, Michigan, which is an old town and the house itself was um built in like i want to say 1900 to 1910 like it, it was old that whole area of, it was like the historic district of of rochester so and he was um 10 years younger than the next his sister who was above him and then the rest of them were like two years apart he was kind of like an oopsie <laughs> and um so there was 10 years between him and his sister so when I graduated high school, I moved into this house with him and his sister. And she was kind of more like a mom to him because his mom had actually passed away in that house. I know his mother passed away in that house. And I know um, a prior owner passed away in the house. And I heard that somebody hung themselves in the garage years ago, but I can't verify that. So I don't know. So it's an old house and it's got those single pane windows so every time you open a door or anything, you know, the, the windows would rattle in the frames. And it had the um, the old steam radiators, you know, that looks like an accordion. And then they have a, we used to sit on them, like you get really cold in there. So you'd sit on the, you know, on the radiator. And um, in the basement, there was a, a like the old Freddy Krueger furnace. And um, with the little grate on the front, you could see the fire in there. Yeah. And uh, a big, huge fuel tank where they would come and they would bring a hose, put it through the basement window and fill up that big fuel tank in the basement. So, I mean, this is an old, old house. And every uh, room had a door. There was a, you open a door to the kitchen, you open a door to the, every bedroom, every room had a door. They did that back then, I don't know why. Um, by the time I moved in, pretty much all the doors downstairs had been removed. So it was just a doorway 
but there was a door you open the door and it would go to the upstairs and the upstairs was just um a bedroom and a bathroom and it had those those ceilings like this you know with the yeah. so it's kind of like an attic bedroom okay so i moved into this house and every the minute i moved into the house it was like you always had this feeling like somebody was watching you like just burning holes in in the back of your head you know and it had a really creepy feeling well the bathroom had been we had redone the plumbing it was newer plumbing but it still had the the bathtub with the claw feet and it had um the toilet that had the tank way up high you had to pull the chain to, to flush the toilet and a pedestal sink and the bathroom was like i don't know like eight feet by eight feet it was really tiny maybe smaller than that so one day i'm home by myself and i'm i decide i'm gonna take a bath i was working in a sheet metal shop so i get real dirty and we didn't have a shower if you wanted to wash you'd take a bath so it was like um 3 30 in the afternoon i'm the only one home i know i'm the only one home and I'm in the bathtub and I hear um, footsteps and it's an old house with wood, hardwood floors. So every time somebody takes a step, you know, the creek, creek, I mean, you could hear somebody walking. So I hear footsteps and it sounds like they're trying to walk quiet, but I know nobody came in because if you open the front door, there was the front door and there was like a front porch and the whole wall by the front door was those single pane windows. So every time you open that front door, all those windows would, you know, in the rattle in the frame and you could hear it. So I knew nobody came in. So I'm like, what is going on? Thinking somebody broke in. So I'm trying to be real quiet in the bathroom. And I hear the footsteps come down the, um, it was like a shotgun house, they call it. You have the front door and like the bedroom doors and the back door, the kitchen. It was like a big, you know, long shot all the way through. So I'm in the bathroom and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to be quiet in the bathtub. And I know it's not anybody I know, like my my boyfriend or his sister, because they would have been like, hello, is anybody home? Or because they would have, you know, saw my car. Right. And I'm in the bathtub. I hear the footsteps. And I'm thinking to myself, what's going on? And I'm I'm watching the door because I'm trying to see if anybody walks in front of the door or anything. And the door handle turns ever so slightly okay yeah <laughs> instantly you're i'm holding my breath because i'm like if i even breathe they're gonna hear me like they can hear my heartbeat you know and i'm i'm trying to and you couldn't lock the door all the doors were um you know the skeleton key kind of thing so i'm in there and i hear the door the, i see the door handle turn turns about halfway it stops and then it goes back and I hear about three more footsteps and nothing. And I'm like, hmm. freaking out, freaking out, holding my breath. I didn't even realize at the time I was holding my breath. So I get, I try to I try to stand up in the tub as quiet as I can, not making a lot of noise with the water, put my robe on and kind of sneak out, see if anybody's out there. And I went through the whole house. There was nobody in that house. Nobody was in the house. And nobody could have come in or gone out because, again, you know, I would have heard the, the, the windows rattle if the doors were open. Right. So that freaked me out. And then, so I have to explain this for a second. So that you walk into the kitchen and there was a door that you would open up and it would go down two steps to your left was the back door to go outside and to your right was the stairs that went down to the basement. So we had a cabin up north and um, we would go up there a lot and they were kind of like redoing the cabin and all this stuff. Well, I couldn't go because I had just started a new job and I couldn't get the weekend off. We were on like mandatory overtime um, union shop job, you know, I had to had to work. So I stayed home and they went up north and it was Sunday night and it was about 1130 and I'm laying in bed and I hear the back door open and I hear stuff downstairs and I hear shuffling stuff moving around. So I'm like, okay, cool. They're home. I'm going to go see how it went, see what's going on up north. What would they all get done? 
So I get up and um, I think I threw on my robe or something because it was kind of cold. I think it was winter time. And I go through the kitchen and I open the door to the basement. You know, I'm just do-do, how's it going? Open the door to the basement, pitch black. No lights on. Nobody came in the back door. Nobody's in the basement. And I heard like, like stuff. It wasn't like just little noises. It was stuff moving. Like if somebody was unloading the truck and bringing in tools and stuff. I mean, I thought they were home. Wow. I ended up leaving that night. And I drove, my mom lived like um, 20 or 30 minutes away in Sterling Heights. And I drove to her house and spent the night at her house after that one. That, that, that one really freaked me out. Cause I was just going about my thing like normal. And when I opened that door and it was pitch black down there, I mean, my stomach just dropped to my feet. Like yeah. it, it, that was almost more terrifying than the bathroom door thing it was that was scary because like I said I heard big noises down there to have all that noise go on and then nothing be there nothing be there and but you're and when you go to open the door you're expecting something to be there so you're not apprehensive at all you're just doing your thing and when you open that door it's like slaps you in the face and it's like takes your breath away it's like whoa 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 um yeah i don't blame you i I probably would have taken off and went somewhere else too to stay that night i did i took off i took off a couple times um so like i said the windows are those single pane windows i and the bedroom we were in had one bedroom um i'm sorry one window to the back the backyard and then on this wall over here there was two windows that each faced the driveway and and the driveway was only like less than three feet from my bedroom window and on the there was a um, detached garage that was also a million years old and it had a big street light on it because um my ex's dad used to work for the city of rochester so he actually got like this old street light and he put it you know there at the garage so the driveway was like really lit up but um another time i was laying there and um, I don't I don't know if I was home alone or not, but I was laying in bed and I was kind of just watching TV and all three of those windows at once, bam, bam, bam. Like really like somebody took their fist and just went bam, 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 three times mm. on each window. But I can see out the window, there's nobody there. And I looked out the window because I'm like, is somebody playing a joke on me or what? And there was nowhere anybody could have run to the time I got to the window that I wouldn't see him running off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And how would you do all three windows at once? You'd have to have three people. That freaked me out. And that's the room that my ex's mom actually died in. And that, um, I don't know what that was. Um, But for a time, right before I moved out, there was a time where we had moved to the upstairs uh, bedroom with the you know, slanted ceilings. And there was a bathroom up there, but we were remodeling it and it didn't work. So if you had to use the bathroom, you had to go downstairs. And there was a door uh, in the dining room. You open the solid wood door, brass door handle, skeleton key lock, you know, Mm -hmm. open that door and you go up the wooden stairs and there was a hairpin turn and you go to the, to the bedroom. And um, we were staying up there and it was the middle of the night and I had to go, um, our bed was up against the wall and my ex slept here and I slept against the wall on the other side of him. So I got up in the middle of the night and I had to go to the bathroom. So I had to go downstairs, open the door, go to the bathroom, come back upstairs. I'm coming up the stairs and I shut the door behind me because of the way, because we had like a heater upstairs and the way the radiator was, you had to have the door shut or it wouldn't really get real warm up there. Yeah. So. I was going up the stairs and I shut the door behind me. I was about halfway upstairs and I heard somebody coming up behind me up the stairs. And I knew there was no way behind me because I shut the door. It's like, you know, whatever, two or three o'clock in the morning. I know his sister is sleeping. She's not following me. And I didn't look back. I I just ran. I ran up the stairs. (laughs) 
I ran up the stairs to the bedroom and I went to jump over him to my side of the bed because I just wanted to get in the bed, you know, hide. So I run up the stairs and I go to jump over him. Well, he heard me running and it woke him up. And when he saw me jump, he didn't know if I was going to jump on him or what. So he kind of, you know, put his leg up and his arms up. And I hit my hand on his knee, on his leg. And I broke this bone in my hand. Like my pinky still doesn't. Oh my gosh. All the way to my, I broke this bone in my hand when I hit his knee. Um, running up the stairs because somebody was behind me on the stairs. But again, no, the door was shut. So nobody was behind me. So, you know, but I heard somebody behind me on the stairs. And um, that one was really, um, and then I ended up, I ended up having to wait till the next day to go to the hospital. My hand hurt so bad and I couldn't sleep. And then that was a big, huge, uh, horrible deal too. That hurt really bad. Yeah, I bet. Um, well, um, my mom went to um, Texas with her sister. My mom's the oldest of 10. She went to Texas with her sister to visit one of her brothers and brought her and her sister brought myself and my aunt's daughter, my cousin, they brought us back a cockatiel because um, my uncle bred cockatiels. And this was when I was still living at home. So when I moved out and moved into this house, I brought my cockatiel with me and he was only a couple years old. You know, I don't know how old actually they live, but I know it's more than, you know. So I had him with me. His name was Soda Pop. Hers was Pony Boy because it was big. That was when the outsiders oh, came out. So I had soda pop. She had pony boy, but um, that bird I had him at the at that house. And after, I think it was within three or four months, I woke up one morning and he was just dead. I have, there wasn't a mark on him. There he wasn't sick. He was completely normal the day before, chirping, talking, doing his thing. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that's. 100% paranormal it could he could have had a health issue I didn't know about he could have um I could have been anything I don't know there were no other animals in the house there was no cats or anything like that but I just woke up one morning and he was dead and my cousin's bird that was the same you know hatch as that one lived for like another I don't know how many years wow. so yeah I don't know if that was anything or not but I, I found it kind of weird living in that house that that he just died for like no reason kind right. of you know yeah i don't know i thought that was weird that is weird uh, yeah with all that activity going on yeah and then that happened so i, I mean i kind of lumped that with that but I, I don't know if i can't say for sure that that was something in the house but i can't say it wasn't either so yeah. um I'm trying to, I mean, so many little things happened. Um, you know, like I said, you'd always feel like somebody was watching you. Always, always, always. Um, oh, in the wintertime or fall, we did, my ex was a um, butcher. They don't, you know, they don't, a lot of people don't even know what that is. They don't have those anymore. <laughs> but he worked at an actual meat store where people would come in order custom cuts of meat and yeah. you know yeah. so um come november october november december he did deer processing so he would advertise and we, i mean we we could if it was like 110 dollars per deer and he'd get 2000 deer i mean we'd make a lot of money just in oh, that yeah. few months you know but you were out in the garage until three o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. wet you know, covered in whatever, because like we would have one person, like usually I would like skin the deer, and then somebody else would quarter the deer, and then he'd do all the cutting and grinding. And then we'd have somebody else that would be wrapping the deer, you know, in the white freezer paper. And so we had like an assembly line going on. Yeah. So we were doing that. And and we'd be out there till and you'd be out there till the wee hours of the morning. But then once you were done, you had to clean and sterilize everything and the meat saw and the tables and the so even though you were done you weren't done right and it was october november december so it's michigan it's cold outside you're wet it was uh, it was miserable Made a lot of money but it was miserable but 
I would be out there cleaning or something or anybody would be out there and you'd set something down and then you'd come back two seconds later and whatever it was would be gone Mm. and you'd find it in a weird spot that happened all the time that's kind of the only thing that really happened in the garage was if you were working in the garage stuff would be you'd set it down it wouldn't be there you come back and it's like somewhere weird you know like on top of the freezer something you're like now i know i didn't put it up there because why um but that's kind of the only thing that really happened in the garage although the garage was kind of kind of creepy too because it was uh it was all rough wood with rafters like there was no drywall or anything it was just a a wooden structure with the you had the um the rafters and then i don't know what you call them on the side with the you know all the two by fours on the wall yeah so that was a little bit kind of creepy too but um well that is creepy and and you you said that maybe somebody had hung themselves in that garage that was like the rumor yeah that was the rumor but i'm not entirely so we i I moved in there right after high school so we can't you know we partied a lot Mm -hmm. and um there was a guy um I don't want to say his name, but there was a guy, he was older than everybody and he was not all there. He had um, gotten a car accident that he was driving. There was like five or six people in the car and he was the only one that survived. And he had some brain, brain issues, I think. Um, But he was really creepy. Yeah. It's kind of hard to explain. Like, okay. One time we had a party and I cut my finger and I was like, oh man, I cut my finger. And before I could do anything, he grabbed my finger and stuck it in his mouth. Ooh, okay. Right. Yeah. So this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. But when we would have a party, he would be there and we're all teenagers. And this guy's like 38 or something. So he was older and he would be standing in the corner, just talking to somebody who wasn't there. Mm. And he had that, he had had that brain injury and after i had lived there and all this stuff happened i got to thinking maybe he was talking to somebody maybe he was talking to somebody that we couldn't see but he was having a full-blown conversation with somebody yep so i don't know if he was or not um but the you know i told you had that freddy krueger furnace in the bathroom or in the basement and it ran on fuel oil well in the wintertime if the furnace would go out, you would have to go downstairs. And this is going to sound weird. There was a roll of toilet paper and a thing of wooden matches. You would take the toilet paper and you would twist it. So you had like a big, long wick thing. You would light it and you'd stick it in there. And you'd have to relight the, the, the furnace with that piece of toilet paper. Yeah. If the furnace went out and I was home alone, I would freeze my butt off or I would leave because I am not going down there. <laughs> I was not going down there to start that furnace after living there for a while and having that stuff happen. Yeah. Uh -uh. There was no way I was going down there and it was just all like part of it had dirt floor and cement walls. And then there were spots where you could at the top of the basement where you could see under the house in the front just, mm -mm, no, I'm not going down there. No, too many creepy things. (laughs) Um, I think like, for the big stuff i think that's pretty much like what happened in that house i know there's a lot of other little tiny things like um i don't think i ever heard anything like anybody whisper my name or anything weird like that the only thing i would hear um was footsteps you hear people like when i was in the bathtub i heard people walking and yeah. um stuff like heard somebody on the stairs behind me but i never heard any voices or you know anybody whisper anything so mm-hmm. and and that house is still there they still own it and my um ex's nephew lives there now with his i don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend but they have the house they still live in it they still use it and i'm dying to know if they've ever had um stuff happen but I don't know. Um, But I told you you had a cabin up north. So the cabin northern Michigan, I'm going to be one of those people. 
This is Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> the cabin was up here about 30 minutes from the bridge that okay. goes into the UP. Um, and when we um, uh, moved from, from Southern, we were in the Detroit metro area in Rochester. And we moved up north. We had we had bought a house, a land contract, and blah blah blah. Anyway, we sold it. We put it up for sale to see what would happen, and it sold in like two days for what we were asking, which really kind of surprised us. And we were wow. like, "What the? Now what do we do?" So we were like, "You know what? Let's move up north before we're too old. You know, why wait till you retire to enjoy up north? Let's just move up there now." Yeah. And I have my son was like, um, he's. 28 now and he was like uh, two or something and I was pregnant with my daughter who's now 26 this is a long time ago but when we first moved up there it was still the cabin and the kitchen was a dirt floor and it was it was so there was a lot of work that had to be done to it before we could actually start living there um so we stayed at my sister-in-law's cabin across the street and then we moved in but just for reference, we moved into the cabin and it was, we had 40 um, acres. And then next to that, his brother had 40 acres. And across the street, his sister had 40 acres. And across, because we were on a, um, the road went like this on a curve, yeah. on a corner. So we were on one corner with 40 acres. His sister was across the street with 40 acres. His brother was across this street with 40 acres. And his other brother was next to us with 40 acres. Then Aunt Jean had like 20 acres and then Aunt Tuck had like 30 acres. So we had all this private property nice. with a couple houses on it, but all hardwood. It was just nothing but, and to go to town, town, mm -hmm. the town was called Atlanta. And there was like three bars, two gas stations and a grocery store and a bank. That's it. One stoplight in town. And it was a blinking stoplight. It wasn't even like a full blown stoplight. <laughs> Um, so basically we are, we were, um, right between Gaylord and Alpena for anybody from Michigan that knows the area, yep. we were smack dab between Gaylord and Alpena. So if you wanted to go like big grocery shopping, it was a 30, 40 minute drive one way to go to Gaylord or Alpena. So we moved up there and, um, we got the cabin all straightened around so we could move into it. And we did. Excuse me for a second. So we moved in and um, we were still still working on it. Like we didn't get it, you know, quote unquote done, but we we're still working on it. But we moved in. This is how long ago it was. When we moved in, we had a party line. You know what those are? <laughs> no, yeah, I know party lines. <laughs> yeah. So if it like one long ring and two short rings, that was you. If it was two short rings and a long ring, that was the neighbor. Yeah. And you could pick up and listen to other people's conversations. And <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, we had a party line when we first moved in. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We moved into this 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 house and I lived there for quite a while with not you know not a lot going on. But so when my son was about I don't know six and my daughter was probably like four. One night in the middle of the night, like three o'clock in the morning, my ex-husband comes to me and he's like, Get up. You gotta hear this. Get up. And I'm like, What the heck? He's like, Come here, come here, come here. So we had put in a sliding glass door and all we had was a lean-to over it just to, you know, 
keep firewood dry or whatever. Right. And he go and it I think it was, it was probably like April because I remember it was cold, but it was like really wet, and there wasn't snow, but everything was still just soggy and mm-hmm. brown and you know. So he opens the sliding glass door, and I'm like, I don't hear anything. He's like, just a minute, just a minute. And then about 15 seconds later, I, I, I don't know what it was. It was behind, so behind his sister, his sister was across the street. She had a cabin. She wasn't there at the time. We were the only ones that lived there. Everybody else's were cabins, and they were only there sometimes. Behind his sister's cabin, you'd go about another quarter mile, and then there was power lines, and then about another quarter mile, and then there was a lake, Lake Avery Lake. And it was probably somewhere around those power lines. And I can't even describe it, but when it, you could feel it. It was a howl, roar, scream, all combined together. And when it went off, you could feel it. Like when you're too close to a speaker at the, at the, uh, at a concert, you know, and you can feel the, you could feel the reverberation. Wow. And the only way I can describe it is it sounded like something was, um, like if something lost a child, it just sounded so mournful. Like it, it, it was just almost like a whale. But, and the closest thing I can, the closest thing I can compare it to that somebody can get a kind of an idea of what I'm talking about is the T-Rex in Jurassic Park, but it was higher pitched and had like a howl in with it, but it was that type of, it was that, that big and loud of a noise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've had people say, well, it was a fox. They make weird noises. And I'm like, okay, but a fox doesn't you don't feel it when a fox does it you know what i'm saying so unless this was like an 1100 pound fox (laughs) and besides that we had been i've been going up north and had lived up north enough to know i've heard foxes and coyotes even wolves bears and even um big cats which they say they don't have up there but they do because i've seen them like a puma type cougar type cat i've seen that up there they say they're not up there but they are um i'd heard all that i know what a fox sounds like i know what a bear sounds like this is not what that was and again for it to be that far away and for us to be able to feel it but it would go off probably um like every 30 seconds or so and it wasn't exactly but there was a break in between and it would do it again And, and it was it was the same so that you knew it was coming from the same thing, but it wasn't the same to where it was exactly the same every time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was the same noise, but not identical every single time so that you, it wasn't like a machine or it wasn't like a, a I don't want to say a speaker, but the, back then, they, you know, they didn't have Bluetooth speakers or anything. So it wasn't something like that you could tell it was something living something big and at the time i had no um i don't want to say no knowledge of bigfoot because i I had heard of bigfoot but i i didn't it was like whatever it's a bunch of bs you know what i mean so it it never even entered my mind at the time we just sat there for the longest time trying to figure out what it was and it went off and did that for about um it was a good 10 minutes or so. And then it just stopped. And um, hindsight 2020. Now, I because it would do it. And then when it would stop, him and I would sit there and go, oh my God, what do you think that was? I don't know. What do you think it was? I don't know. It couldn't have been this. You know, hindsight, I wish we would have shut up so I could hear if maybe like on the edge of our hearing, if there was something answering or calling in response. Yeah. Knowing what I know now at the time, I, you know, I I had no clue, Um, but I remember being concerned enough about it that um, I was afraid it was going to wake up the kids and scare them. 
Well, let me ask, um, when, when it was making that, that noise, how long did it carry out that, that tone? Oh, it was um, probably about 15 seconds. Yeah. It was long. It was long. That was another reason why, um, you know, people be like, oh, it was a fox or whatever. And I'm like, no, you, the, you, the lung capacity and whatever this was, I can't even fathom. So it wasn't a fox or a cougar or a bear or something. But it, yeah, it would go for, I would say, 10 to 15 seconds, wow. um, roughly, every time. And then it would pause for maybe around 20 to 30 seconds, and then it would do it again. And, uh, and to, to be able to sustain that kind of a call over and over and over again, time after time, had to be something. And again, I didn't see anything, so I don't know what that was. But it was northern Michigan, and um, I, at the time, I wasn't really aware, but, you know, the Mich Michigan dog man is a thing, too, so. Yeah, it is. I, did, I hadn't even thought about that yet. <laughs> okay. And I, I, I do know somebody that claims they saw a Michigan dog man, so I've never had any experiences with, with that, but I wouldn't, I've, I've heard enough consistent stories from different people that don't know each other with details that match to make me think something's going on with yeah. the whole dog man thing. But yeah, so I don't know what that was. Uh, could have been, could have been anything, but I know what it wasn't. So, right. you know, um, okay. So then it was probably a few years after that. I, I can't, I don't remember exactly. It could have been two years, could have been five years. I don't know, but it was, I do know it was summer and um, I worked in Gaylord. So I would come down, I would come home down 32 or is it 33? I think it's 32. So I come down 32 and you're going down the highway like this. You're coming, I guess you're coming this way down the highway. And then there's a dirt road that goes this way. So you make a hairpin turn and you take the dirt roads to go home I wanted to take the dirt roads for whatever reason I didn't feel like going through town or I don't know but it was a beautiful day and sometimes I would take you just take the back road sometimes so that's what I was doing so I come down the highway and I take this hairpin turn now when you take that hairpin turn here's the highway here's the dirt road and it, the highway keeps going like this and the dirt road goes like this so you have like a pie shaped that just keeps getting bigger and bigger as the dirt road goes up. Mm -hmm. In that pie shaped area is a cedar swamp and it, in, it goes down and then back up to the road, you know, between the highway and the dirt road, it goes down and there's a, it's all cedar and it's um, boggy and it's, it's just a cedar swamp. Yeah just gets wider and wider as you go so i made that hairpin turn and i'm in i'm in a geo tracker with a soft top okay so i'm basically in a in a tuna can with no top on it right. and um it was a four-wheel drive but you had to get out and lock the hubs you know yep so i'm in this soft top geo tracker and i'm going down the dirt road and out of the corner of my eye, I saw something. And my first thought was my neighbor's horse got loose because what I had seen out of the corner of my eye was huge. And it was in that swamp. Now, another thing I got to tell you is, so the sun was shining, right? So when I was over here on this dirt road and I looked over, I could see through the swamp to the sun on the other side. But in the swamp, you couldn't see anything but silhouettes because it's dark in there with all the get what i'm saying yeah yeah okay so i see this movement and i slow down because i'm thinking i don't i don't know what it was and when i look over i see i see a head not really any neck but and i'm looking at it from the side okay mm -hmm. so i see a head shoulder i see an arm like this one leg back so this, it's like running like this. Yeah. 
and I can see hair on the on the arms. Um, you know, in as it runs, I can see the hair like bouncing on the back of the shoulders. Um, and on the back of the arm, I can see the hair uh, like bouncing as it runs. And I can see in profile, there's no um, sticking out. There's no muzzle. There's no anything like that. It's a it's a flat face. Um, I mean, I can see a little bit like, you know, there's something there, but it's not like a, a bear or something like that. There's no, right. and there's no ears or anything coming off the top. So I'm, 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 I don't know what to think right now. And I, I'm looking back to the road and I'm looking back over there and I don't want to go off the road, you know, right. and I try to go faster, but the dirt roads up there. Um, they get, you know, those washboard bumps yep. that you get on a dirt road. So I don't want to go too fast because I don't want my ass to swing out. And then I'm on, I don't know, I could tip over, I could crash, I could whatever, lose yeah. control. But, and I keep looking over and I keep seeing different, I can tell it's running like this and I can see the hair, but every time I look, I see a different, uh, one time I see an arm up and the next time I might see it in a different position but it's definitely running right and i'm trying to go as fast as i can which is like like i said like 25 30 because you're on this washboard dirt road i'm not i'm not gonna go 60 or anything right so and i and i and i'm i i, I don't know what it is but all my brain can tell me is it's a guy because it's 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 upright it's running like a dude and it's it's big it's a big dude, big hairy homeless dude, I guess. I don't know. Again, I, I didn't have, I wasn't thinking Bigfoot at the time. So why is there um, this big man running next to my car? It can't be for anything good, right? He's not doing it to, to be like, hey, how you doing? Right. So at the, the way I'm going and the way he's going, um, we're going to, run into each other. He's going to run out in front of me or something. Um, I, I'm freaking out and I'm, I'm looking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Cause I don't want to go off the road. I look back and after about, I don't even know how far I went. I'm so bad with distances. It had been several hundred yards. I'm sure. And um, I look back and, I don't, and it, it's gone. And um, so now I'm really freaking out. So like, did he, I'm looking at my mirror. Did he get behind me? Did he get, you know, uh, so many things are running through your head. Like, why is he out here? What does he want? Is he going to try and stop me? Is he going to carjack me? Is he running behind me now? And how is he keeping up with me? And like, in a matter of like, Three seconds, 5,000 things go through your head, you know? And I'm scared. I'm by myself. I'm scared. And I look over and, I, and, and there's just nothing. So um, I have a turn coming up where I'm going to turn left and leave that cedar swamp behind me. And I get up to that turn and, and I, I took that turn kind of fast, which I probably shouldn't have. I'm, I'm really lucky I didn't flip that thing. Um, but at some point later, I had gone back. Because it, it's, it, it plays in your head over and over and over and over. You know what I mean? And you're like, so what did the guy want? And who, every, and up there, everybody knows everybody. So who was that? Because I don't, I don't know anybody that looks like that. And, and just all these things go through your head. So I don't know if it was a few days or whatever. I had gone back to that area by myself. Because I didn't tell anybody about this. Because my ex-husband at the time, he would have, you know, tried to figure out who it was and shove a shotgun at him or something. So I, I didn't say anything to anybody, but I went back. And when I went back was when I realized, and this, man, it was a long time ago and it still scared me. When I went back, I realized that Cedar Swamp goes down. 
So that guy that was running next to me and we were head level. And I don't know if he ever looked over at me or not. I don't know that, but we were at head level and I was on the road in my car and he was running through that swamp. And that's when I realized that this person had to be minimum eight and a half to nine feet. Oh my to be God. running next to me and, and be looking at me. And, um, and I look, I, I also noticed the trees, which I thought were smaller because of how much I could see of this thing. I know I say thing, this guy behind the trees. I thought I was looking at trees, you know, yeah i was looking at trees oh my goodness and so now i'm realizing that this thing had to be like four feet wide and it just didn't make sense to me i couldn't i could not figure it out and it wasn't actually honestly but it wasn't until quite some time later that the whole sasquatch thing popped into my head that 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 had to be because again i could see the hair yeah bouncing off the shoulders and coming off the arms and um that was another thing i couldn't figure out was like did the guy have like um like i was trying to figure out if the guy had was wearing some kind of animal fur like like why was why was the hair moving like that like this i get okay because he's got he's got long hair maybe but the hair that was here I couldn't figure out. Um, and this guy had a big ass butt too. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't figure out how anybody could run through that swamp and keep up with my car because it's like sticks and holes. And, I mean, it's a swamp, okay? Yeah. It's a swamp. You've got branches and brambles and you don't really have a lot of growth growing under there, but there's a lot of wet and monk and holes and branches and all kinds of stuff so how can you run through that and keep up with a car that's going you know 25 30 miles an hour it just it was mind-blowing and it wasn't i did i it it took me a while to put all the pieces together and it was it was more or less a process of elimination to figure out what it was figure out what it wasn't right before trying to figure out what it was and um i didn't smell anything i didn't hear anything but that um and 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 i listened to podcasts i mean because i'm into it now you know i've I've actually i when i moved down here i joined a um sasquatch research team and I had a really wild experience with that and um and you know so like i because i want to know more like what, what what is this like a lot of people do so you know i got into it but i listen to these podcasts and people are like oh this thing was arnold schwarzenegger on steroids oh this thing was like until you've seen one your brain cannot grasp the body mass and the size of what these things are. You can try to explain it all you want, but the person that you're explaining it to, if they've never seen one, you're not gonna get it. You could, it's almost like, and I'm not trying to minimize anything, almost like somebody that's been to war. I can explain it to, you know, somebody can explain that to me all they want. I'm right. not gonna get it. Yeah. The size of these things, until you've seen it, you don't get it. I, I, I don't, I can't fathom how something that big is out there and nobody finds, you know, I have a theory on that too, but you know, if, if I was walking out in the woods, if you were walking out in the woods and you came across a femur that big, sorry, you know, a big, huge femur say, right? you'd say, well, that's a big cow or beer or elk or moose or bear or whatever kind of cool and you'd throw it aside and walk by unless you saw a skull or an incomplete skeleton i'm not an anthropologist i don't know what that bone is right, right? 
I think people have found bones. They just don't know it. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like I said, unless you find a skull or like a whole body, you could find a giant femur or a giant arm bone or a giant rib or whatever. And you're going to think it belongs to a bear or a moose or an elk or whatever. You're not going to take it home and have it tested for DNA. I mean, I think people have found bones and they just don't know it. Yeah. I really, really do. Uh, I, I, you know, then you get into the whole, you know, we still don't have a fossil record on chimps and we know they're around. So there's all that, but I think people, I think people have found bones. They just don't know it. I think that, um, I think that people quote unquote, see them all the time, but they don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've ever seen a picture of gorillas in the, in the jungle, you, it's like a, it's like a, a game. You have to find them they're there but right. you can't see them i think people walk by these things all the time yeah, all the time do. probably do but you're not looking for them and even if you are looking for them a lot of times you don't see them because you know they're not pink and purple they blend in and right. they know how to blend in and i think you i think you could walk within three feet of one and not even know it and you know and i'll imagine this them being of those proportions your mind wouldn't register, you know, what you, what you're walking past anyway, it wouldn't look like a human, you know, tree stump. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tree stump. It's a boulder. It's a whatever, unless it moves or it wants you to see it. Yeah. It's you're going to walk right past it and just think it's a part of nature. That's why they're Auburn red and Brown and black and gray. And that's why they're those colors because they just blend right into, you know, everything else that's, that's out there. Excuse me, I'm gonna take a drink of my. That is an absolutely terrifying um, experience. That it was scary. Um, so my dad had a cabin up in the UP. Okay, so we're in Michigan. Now we're up here. Okay. He had it was kind of up by Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore area. I don't know if you know about that. So I don't know if anybody, you or anybody else knows anything about the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. It's um, very, very sparsely populated. Uh, Not a lot of people live up there. Not a lot of people can handle living up there Mm -hmm. because it's very rural and they have very hard winters. And um, it's, it's hard when you live up there, you are cut, you're cutting your own firewood, you're hunting your own meat, you're doing all that. It's almost like Alaska or something. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one big rock, really, the Upper Peninsula. It's kind of got an eerie feel, the whole area. But anyway, so my dad had a place up there. He went up there and he, he cleared out the land. He bought a piece of land, cleared out the trees, used that lumber to build his cabin. Um, gas lighting, no running water. Very, it was his hunting cabin. And um, it was out in no like okay so you had to pull off the highway go down a dirt road go down another two-track road park and then walk a quarter mile in because even if you had a four-wheel drive you're not getting in there okay so one year um bear uh bear season was coming around and my ex um really wanted to hunt a bear and he was like, go ahead and put him for a bear permit because they only give so many. So he wanted me to put him for one too because you know the more people that put in, the more better chance you have to get one. So he wanted me to put him for one. So I did. And it was, and people, and this is weird too because people apply for those bear permits year after year after year after year and they don't get them. First year I applied, I got it. I don't know if it's because I'm I'm female or I, I don't know what it was, but so but when you apply for it, you have to say, okay, now if I do get a permit, I this is my they divide um the UP and I think the top part of the lower peninsula into areas. This is area A, B, C, D, E, whatever. And you have to say when you apply for one, you say, I wanna, if I get one, I wanna hunt area E. And if I can't do that, my second choice is area B and my third choice is area A. And that's, that's how you apply for it. 
So then they send you a permit and it costs a bunch of money to apply. And if you don't get it, you're just out that money. That's like two or three hundred dollars. So um, I applied and I got it and I got my first area, which is where I had put the area of my dad's cabin because I thought that way I, you know, have, I can go there. I know I can nice. go there. Yes. So that's what I did. So come October, we go up to my dad's cabin. And um, nobody had been there for quite a while. And he had a, um, a big tank that had water and basically gravity pulled the water down. So you had a little bit of water to like rinse dishes, but right behind his cabin was a, a natural spring. And I mean, you could drink from this thing. It was awesome. And he had a natural spring running through there. It was perfect. But you're out there. There's no trails nothing you're in this cabin and you're just out there so we were we went up there to, to bear hunt i never did get a bear but we were up there bear hunting and um it's october so in the up and it's absolutely beautiful there's the leaves are every color you can think of and it's just beautiful so one evening comes and the sun it's quite a ways before the sun goes down but my ex was like, let's go for a walk and just kind of like scope out the area. I was like, all right, well, there's no trails or anything. So you have to be very careful when you just go walk through the woods because you got to, you know, find your way back. Right. So we're walking and we kind of found a little bit of a game trail and we were walking and um, we got to where we could smell a weird smell. And it wasn't, it was kind of like a skunk, but not really a skunk, but kind of a garbagey skunk. Never smelled it before. And I was like, that's weird. But then it would doe. So it was like, it can't be a dead animal because whatever's smelling is like moving. Hmm. And he's like, well, maybe it's a bear that, I don't know if you can swear or not, but yeah, like maybe huh? it's a bear that just rolled in shit or something. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so we're walking and, um, not too long later, there's a, a log laying down and on this log is, okay, so, you know, like when you peel a piece of birch bark, it's, it kind of like curls up a little mm -hmm. bit. That's like a little bowl. So on this log is this little piece of birch bark and inside of it, there's some mushrooms and some berries and some, I don't know, some moss and just almost like a salad, really. Wow. But it's in this little bowl thing. It's sitting on this log. Now, mind you, there's nobody for literally miles. It's private and state land. So it's not like, sorry, my dogs are barking. It's not like a, somebody's, we're probably the first people that walked through there in God knows how long you know so we're like what in the hell is this yeah and um not didn't hear anything but again hindsight we smelled that smell and about five minutes later we came across that and we're in an area where there's been no people for i think the last time my dad had been up there was like two years so I don't, I can't say for sure what that was because again, I didn't see it, but we smelled that smell. And then we saw that little salad bowl thing sitting on the log. And I just can envision, you know, a Sasquatch just like getting little things to take back to their kid. I don't know. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing though to see that. And again, nobody, there's nobody. For, for miles there's nobody and i know this because our van ended up breaking down and it sucked because there was nobody for miles yeah. and um we did hear some weird stuff at night but again i don't know what that could be or not be um i did i did hear a couple um like on the side of the cabin mm -hmm. but at the time i I kind of just figured that it was like raccoons or something, <laughs> but hindsight again, I don't know how a raccoon would thump the side of a cabin. I can right. see the roof, but not the side. Right. And 
again, I'm not saying it was, but I don't know what would do that. You know what I'm saying? On the side of the cabin. All right, that's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. If you just have to have more content, you can go to patreon.com slash the bump podcast and subscribe and be a patron. Uh, got more and more content on there every week. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, to catch up on past episodes, go to thebumppodcast.com, click the episode tab, and it'll take you to any episode you want to listen to. Also, if you want to be on the show, I would love to have you on. Share your story with us. Go to thebumppodcast.com, click the holler at me button, and holler at me. Send me an email, thebumppodcast at gmail.com, and uh, I'll get you on as fast as we can. All right, again, thanks for listening. I love you guys. Until next time, don't stop believing.